0: You're listening to Terry Wixom Outdoors on one oh four three the fan. Let's go to the phones and joining us is Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm gonna let you do a lot of the talking. I'm fighting a cold and Terry gets mad when I clear my throat on the air, so <laughs> oh,
1: you can take keep, care of it.
0: You can keep me out of trouble. <laughs> Although Perfect. I don't think anything could actually keep me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh The times they are changing, my friend. Every time we talk, it's a different fishing environment out there. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about the early water levels too much. Uh, I was telling somebody we averaged three days of rain in June. This is the third day already, so we must be done. But that's not what the weather forecasters say. And we had the fourth wettest May in the history of the state following a big snowpack, so along with lakes rising, and there's always a couple that are going down because they're moving water, and the rivers are running high. Let's start with what's going on in the rivers. I imagine a lot of them are blowing out, but that doesn't mean there aren't some that are fishable.
1: Definitely not. Um, So right now I just heard several reports of some guys up on the upper Colorado stretch near Pump House and Gore Canyon. Uh, The flows were uh, raised a little bit uh, from Green Mountain releases increasing some, but the salmon flies have started to pop up there, and that's one of my favorite times of year. Flows are still above 2,000 CFS, but even in that muddy water, those big monster stone flies hatching is truly one of my favorite things to do in fly fishing. You're fishing flies that are size 6 and even up to size 2 or 4. Big monster drives with large droppers down below, and those fish are just ravenous during that time. You'll have them come up and aggressively eat those drives, even in that muddy water, that is a fantastic bite to take advantage of up on the upper Colorado. Um, But even in other places, uh, on the Freestone Rivers, even though they're high, you can certainly get away with nymphing larger patterns, uh, big patch rubber legs, and micro stones that are dark in color. San Juan worms are always a great choice, and even streamer fishing, or if you have a spinning rod, uh, a spinner itself, or a small jerk bait like an HD trout or a husky jerk can all be productive to catch fish. But outside of that big stonefly hatch, a lot of times if I'm on the rivers during this particular point in time, I am going to be getting below some of the dams. Um, you know, the, as I mentioned, those Green Mountain flows did increase a bit. That was lower, but Uh, The stretch of the Blue River below Green Mountain will will remain clear even in higher flows being that bottom release dam uh, from Green Mountain is pumping that clear water into there. But even on the Blue as well, you can get into good fishing below uh, Lake Dillon uh, through Silverthorn, And then Deckers has been fishing well also. So we've been seeing uh, reasonable betas hatches still, but certainly some caddis coming off. And with some of those higher flows, particularly lower and past deckers with that muddier water, uh, San Juan worm and or stone as I mentioned previously, is a really good choice uh, to catch quite a few fish. Well, I couldn't agree
0: with you more. A couple things I want to point out. First of all, I love fishing the salmon fly hatch because at my age, there aren't that many flies left I can see after I make a long cast. That is one of them. (laughs) Then the salmon flies... And they tend to be a little clumsy, so you don't have to be quite as precise. You know, they, they tend to crawl along the bottom to climb up on bushes, and they kind of fall in. So you don't have to be as precise. But the salmon fly, a lot of times, it the what, rivers are so high, we can't hardly fish it. The other thing is, this time of year, whether you're fishing streamers or salmon flies, if the water is fairly high and running, leave your waders at home. The fish are going to be close to shore, and that temptation yep. to just step out and make that cast, it, it only takes one misstep in this high water, and you're in darn deep trouble.
1: I definitely agree with that. And, and as you mentioned, the edges are where you want to be anyways. You're not going to be able to cross, and fishing you know, with the, the, the inside five feet of bank all the way up the river is where all the fish are going to suck into. It really
0: is. Now, if you don't want to <coughs> excuse me, fight the current, There's a lot of ponds and lakes, and before we move on to the lakes, a lot of fly fishermen this time of the year should take advantage of the bass and panfish and all the ponds up and down the front range.
1: Totally agree. So we're just now getting into some water temps that are in the high 60s in a lot of the local ponds. Some of the largemouth are starting to, to get on some spawning beds, so certainly be... Uh, mindful if you're catching some fish on bed to let them go back to them after you, you catch them but you can have great success in a variety of techniques we're just starting to see some topwater bites so early and late in the day some big deer hair poppers or hard body poppers can be good on the fly rod or if you're on the spinning rod a little whopper plopper or a small spook can be productive, but most of everything that we've still been doing has been subsurface. So if I'm on the fly, I'm going to be stripping some streamers, some dark leech patterns, even as simple as a woolly bugger can be productive, but I really do like focusing in on some crawfish patterns. One of my favorite is a creek crawler from Umpqua Fly Company. Um, those creek crawlers really are very anatomically correct and I've caught some very nice bass on them, but also along some of those structure points, throwing a weightless senko from Gary Yamamoto is a uh, great option. I like fishing it weedless and weightless as a Texas rig, and a four-inch and a green pumpkin is certainly hard to beat.
0: I I couldn't agree more on the, the the Senko weedless. We um, A lot of people like to rig them wacky worm style, and that's folks that don't know where you put the hook in the middle and it's exposed, and it's a tremendous way to trigger bites, but especially in these ponds that are developing this weed growth this time of the year or in lakes, that you're casting back into the weeds. That Texas rig weedless Senko, it doesn't wrap itself around the weeds. It it slides through. It's an easy one to get a good hook set. You need a little stiffer rod. I'll tell you a quick story. We're down in Mexico at Lake Huitez, and we're filming. We caught just, I can't tell you how many big bass between 6 and 11 pounds we caught.
1: Mm, and we started out.
0: We started out, it's their water, and... And they so they, I asked them what I should use, and I can't remember what they set me up with. And one of our cameramen was uh, Karen's son, Mark, and I put a Senko Texas rig so he could throw back in the brush because we were, he were only going to be using one camera to start. And after he caught five fish, the guy turned to me and said, maybe you should throw a Senko. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are incredibly productive, you know, but the one thing I always tell my customers is you have to have the right Senko. Um, the inexpensive ones that aren't heavily salt impregnated don't fish well weightless. They don't sink enough. So a higher end Yamamoto one in particular, but I've also done well on the MaxScent Generals. You just have I to love have that one, one that sinks on its own. Um yeah, and fishing them weightless. Some of the like I said so some of the ones that are the imitation senkos just do not work as well.
0: I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about the lakes a little bit. Uh, what are you hearing? I know we're going to talk in a little while with Nate about Chatfield and Cherry Creek, but let's get your perspective.
1: Yeah, this is a time of year as a warm water fisherman. It is time to get out there and get after it. So as far as Chatfield, we've been out a whole bunch as of late, and the water is high, as we've discussed, for the last several weeks. Um, usually when the water gets really high in a lot of these eastern plains lakes, The fish really bury themselves back in the trees, and that's not quite happening at Chatfield. We're catching some fish really buried back in there, but I've been doing a little bit better, extremely close to the trees, but on the outside edges where some of the old sand flats were and the sandy beaches, they're seeming to, to really position themselves excuse me, in between the weeds and the trees. So finding that 13 to 15 foot of water range has been best for me. And I've been dragging live minnows on jigs. That's really been the most uh, productive. But we did get into a pretty good blade bait bite this week. And with on those sandy flats right next to the trees, it's not very snaggy. So you can work that right down those edges. Swim baits haven't been working super well as of late. But I'm really hoping that as we get a good bait fish hatch, that those fish are going to get further back into the trees. And breaking out some of the old Glendo techniques with uh, large swim baits and weedless jig heads should be productive over the next little bit. But for the time being... I would uh, The bait bite finally got some leeches into the town now. Uh, They've been uh, behind schedule, but I imagine those leeches should be good this week, but the live minnows have still been productive. And then at Cherry Creek, uh, that bite is a little bit more conventional at the moment. Uh, Water is still a little bit higher, but we've been finding good amounts of fish in that 9 to 12 feet of water range up on top of the structure points. Blade baits have been doing well, but those fish have been really eating the uh pretty heavily out there, so the bait bite has been a bit better. Uh, the leeches on lindy rigs and then crawlers on slow death have been producing good numbers of fish. Chatfield probably has a little bit better numbers, but you're certainly going to see better size at Cherry Creek.
0: What about the northeast lakes? Have you heard much there?
1: Definitely been a little bit less reports than I normally have been hearing. Um, you know, Certainly a lot of those lakes are in uh, somewhat of a state of rebuild. There have been some folks catching some fish out at North Sterling, uh, although that has still not really produced like you normally would be hearing in North Sterling. Uh, the one lake out there that I have heard really decent reports on has been Pruitt, and that lake really is one that gets the least amount of pressure. Uh, it is a wakeless lake, and it's quite large and quite featureless. So many times I do best pulling planer boards out there, but you can do well on some of the – much shallower structure points toward the east side near the the dike edge. Um, And I've historically been well on blade baits out there, but this time of year I would imagine covering some ground with some crawler harnesses and slow death would also be a productive way to go. And then per usual with the wiper population, you can get them pretty good pulling cranks uh, behind boards.
0: Real quick, we only got
1: about a minute left. What about North Park? North Park has been doing pretty well. South Delaney in particular, there's been some good coronamid bites going on under slip indicators along the western side. Folks have also been doing well on tube jigs and gulp minnows. Uh, the North Lake has been a little bit slower, but you, as usual, you have options at, at really big fish. The opportunity is there. And then Lake John still been a little bit slow from what I've been hearing. We've seen so many bait fish in that lake over the last little bit that it hasn't really produced the numbers that we saw five or six years ago.
0: And I, but I am hearing Lake John is producing some awfully big fish.
1: Always have that opportunity. The biggest trout of my life came out of Lake John, and, and you have opportunities of just absolutely massive fish if you can persevere through some of the slower fishing.
0: And the last 20 seconds, I, I've heard that the lake trout are quite shallow yet on on like Granby and Blue Mesa.
1: Absolutely, and even Twin Lakes. I had a gentleman catch uh, a 35-incher from the shore, and then Gramby's been producing some large fish as well. So it's a great opportunity to get out there with some big swim baits and and have an opportunity to giant even if you don't have a boat.
0: We're out of time. If people want more information from you, Austin, how do they find you? I'm at Discount Fishing Tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Sanford. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. All right. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the first hour of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.